0: If you were to face persecution for your faith in Christ, would you have the strength to endure? Brother Joel says you don't have to have that strength, but you do have to have God's strength inside of you.
1: If we are one of those who are given the gift of persecution, I think that we're given a special strength from the Holy Spirit for endurance. I don't think just any normal believer probably can endure that until the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do so. So I think we just commit our ways to the Lord, make a decision that we're going to take up our cross and follow Him, and then we face every day as it comes. Jesus never promised His followers an easy path. In fact, He told His disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.
0: Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we're in the studio in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, this week with Brother Joel. Last month, we had Brother Joel and Brother Blake with us talking about the changes in China. Uh, We're going to follow up now with Brother Joel about how that's affecting his work. Uh, Brother Joel, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: We talked last month uh, about how things are changing in China and how things are tightening as far as government control. And uh, if you're listening and you didn't hear that interview, you can go to vomradio.net and listen to that but, Joel, I, I know part of your work is distributing Bibles. How are these changes affecting what you do on a day-to-day basis?
1: Well, first of all, because of the some rumors of restrictions, future restrictions on Bible printing, and currently there seems to be some restrictions on uh, some types of Bibles and other religious literature, because of that, we're trying to increase the work we do now with the thought in mind that in the future we might not have Bibles, the Church of China is really concerned now that they there will be a dearth of Bibles, a, a famine of Bibles in the future. So there, there are a lot of requests right now.
0: I think my grandpa would say, make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> Work hard now while the door's open, because we don't know what the door's going to be like. One of the things you said— when you were with us, and it's hard to believe it's been three years ago, but it's a it's something that I'll never forget. And actually, I I think of it every year when my time for my performance appraisal comes up. You said a part of your annual meeting with all of your staff is the question, are you ready to go to jail for three years to keep working with us on these these Bible projects? Do you still ask that question, number one? And number two, is it does it seem more real to the people now with the, the current level of, of crackdown that's going on?
1: The answer to both questions is yes. I still ask the question, and it's more meaningful, especially the persecution that's come against us personally uh, since the last time I talked to you. And so this is a very serious situation we're working under today. With the addition now of the change in China that most people have heard about, with the addition of millions and millions of cameras, with face recognition software. So on a day-to-day basis, we know that any of us can be tracked every move we make, every meeting we have. So we have to be more cautious in our meetings. We have to be more cautious not to have anyone arrested and go to prison for three years. So we're a lot, lot more aware of our movements than we ever have been. And we're aware of the fact that even Americans can be arrested and put in prison for a two to three year prison sentence. In mainland China
0: so it's not just something you're asking your Chinese workers it's something you're thinking about yourself as well
1: I have to discuss this with my wife and my son we have to count the cost we know it would be maybe um, not a common thing but it is the possibility we know it's a possibility of Americans being arrested and imprisoned because there are over 100 who are in prison in China right now and many of this I might want to say there's questionable reasons why they were arrested and why they're in prison. So if it's a possibility at all, we need to have the discussion. But but really Todd, isn't this the the condition of every believer that in the context of your own personal discipleship, you have to ask the question, will I pick up my cross and follow him? If I were asked to die for Christ, would I die for Christ? Would I be in prison for Christ? I think we all should ask that question.
0: I hope that happens every month when we send out the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter. I hope people read those stories and say, okay, what would I do if my spouse was arrested? What would I do if I was sent to prison? Because like you say, that that is a part of our personal discipleship. Help me, though, understand how you think through those issues. When you sit down with your wife and say, okay, uh, it's time for us to to re-up and and recommit to this work— Yes, there is the possibility. Uh, It's it's probably not a likelihood, but there is certainly the possibility I could end up in jail. How does that conversation go? Or or how do you think through that in your own heart and in your own mind?
1: Well, we write a list. If this happens, what will my wife do? Who will she call? What kind of help do we have available to us? Do we have someone on our staff who has the ability to travel to China to try to collect my things or meet with someone. So we have an actual plan in place for if I were arrested or, you know, anyone needs to think about this in some parts of the world, if you're kidnapped or if you should pass away while you're on the mission field, we make a definite plan. If I'm going into a situation that's a little bit dangerous, we make sure that our personal finances are in order, that my wife has enough money to last for a certain amount of time if I don't get back. So we make concrete plans.
0: Wow. Wow. I just hearing you say that, I'm reminded of uh, interviewing underground Christians in Iran that actually, as a part of their small groups, they role-play being interrogated. You know, you be the policeman, I'll be the persecuted Christian, you question me, and and they critique each other. Oh, well, you, you didn't answer that question very well, you should work on that. It sounds like you have that same mindset. We're very ready, there's a very concrete plan in place. If something happens, we're ready.
1: Well, I think if you do the planning beforehand and you answer the question beforehand, then you know you're prepared, you know you have your answer, then you can set it aside, and you don't live under that burden every day. Then you're free to worship the Lord. You're free to travel anywhere God tells you to go. You don't feel any fear. You don't feel any restriction. You just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit.
0: What are the spiritual aspects of that? of that planning or or that thought process?
1: Liberating. (laughs) I know that my wife is behind it. Uh She's in support. My son is in support of it. My pastor is in support of it. The leadership of my ministry is in support of it. So the whole thing is just liberating.
0: What are the challenges right now for Bible distribution? Because I know the last time we talked— we were part of getting Bibles to every single province of China all across the country uh... what are the challenges under these new regulations
1: the challenges for bible distribution are uh, maybe a, aside from the new regulations it's a, a different thing that's happening that's just happening and there's doesn't seem to be any regulation that we have seen around it the the first implication is we're having trouble getting the bibles Often, whenever VOM can do it, we try to legally purchase legally available Bibles. The goal in that would be to set up a demand that hopefully the government would voluntarily print additional Bibles as many as are needed. If we can sell more, let's print more. And what we found is it's becoming very difficult to buy what we need. So already it would appear that there are restrictions on printing that are already in place because the Bible's Are not available. Oftentimes, we go to purchase them, and they're just not available for purchase. So,
0: what's the answer to that? Is is there uh, secret printing, underground printing? Are we allowed to talk about that, or uh, how how do you how do you meet that need if there's not legally available, purchasable Bibles?
1: It is possible to print the Bible. Some companies will print it. They'll handle the legality of it. So. I don't get involved in that. I just say, will you print it? And they'll say, for enough money, we'll print this, and we don't pay too much for it. But if they'll print it, we print it. We've done a lot of that. And there are ways to take Bibles into China other ways other than printing or buying legally. So it's the Word of God. You do anything that you can do, any option available to you, you must do it with no fear for your own safety. Talk a little more about that.
0: Why why is it so important for the Chinese church to have access to God's
1: Word? Well, as we all know as Christians, the Word of God is our lifeblood for our faith. We've lived through the times where Bibles were hand printed, hand copied. Now we can actually purchase legal Bibles in China. We we don't want to see that day get away from us. We don't want to see that change. So we want to in every case that we can, we want to cooperate with the government and and have a good name as Christians, have a good standing as believers, be seen as good citizens. But the word of God is our lifeblood. We will not exist without it.
0: Are there some digital ways to get Bibles that that don't involve paper and ink, and maybe are are easier or less problematic as far as delivery?
1: There are. There are a lot of digital Bibles available in the Chinese language today and VOM is currently working on improving our methods of mass distribution of digital materials onto mobile phones or onto tablets or computers so that's all available and we'll use that if we need to but most Christians I think most Christians might agree that to do all of your Bible study on a tiny little Samsung or iPhone is not very conducive to good spiritual growth. To have a Bible in front of you that you can bookmark in several locations and flip easily back and forth and study, there's really no good replacement for an actual book Bible.
0: What would you like for uh, American Christians, and I'm one of them, people like me, what would you like us to grab a hold of about the Bible that we could learn from our Chinese brothers and sisters?
1: Well, this this question is um, very interesting because we have to set targets at VOM for how many Bibles we try to supply to China. So to do that, we have to know how long does a Chinese Bible last? And I've interviewed hundreds of Christians over the years how long does your legally printed Bible last? And they're good quality Bibles. And the answer is always the same, three to five years. Three to five years. I've had my Bible for 15. And the difference is I think they use their Bible more than I use mine. Oh, I, I oh say that. there's a lesson there. <laughs> so the, the big lesson that I take away from the Chinese church is they wear out their Bible every three to five years. That's a good challenge for us as American believers. Are Are you
0: wearing out your Bible? That That's a good question to ask uh, in your Sunday school class or in your small group this week. Go around the room and say, hey, are you wearing out your Bible uh, like our Chinese brothers and sisters are? We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Joel. He is a longtime partner with Voice of the Martyrs on scripture distribution projects in China who are the people, Joel, that inspire you to keep going? Uh, you talked about the decision. You talked about the the planning. What if this doesn't go well? Who are the people that inspire you to say, "Absolutely, this is worth it"?
1: Well, I am a small part of Voice of the Martyrs, so one of my greatest inspirations is Richard Wormbrand and Sabina Wormbrand. I was 18 years old when I read Tortured for Christ, and it was in that moment that I realized I had to answer the question for myself, would I die for the Lord at age 18? Would I go to prison for the Lord? It dramatically changed my faith. From that moment forward, there's never a question in my mind about should I continue. There's never a question about how much effort should I put in. How much risk should I take? I simply can't think of my brother Richard, who was 14 years in a communist prison, more than three years in solitary confinement, tortured in unspeakable ways. And my current friends in China, one of my dear friends, close friends, who has spent over 16 years in prison. And the last prison sentence that he had was seven years, During that time, he was not given his Bible for seven years. It was illegal, but they restricted his Bible from him. He still planted a church in the prison and wept over the fact that he had to leave his congregation on the day he was released. Those stories caused me to feel very small (laughs) and insignificant and always thinking, I'm really not doing enough.
0: I'm just a baby Christian compared to those guys. Wow. That's how I feel. Your friend who was in prison for those seven years and planted a church, how did he do that? I mean, that's such a, a simple question, but how did he get to the point where being in prison didn't bother him as far as his ministry was concerned? It was like, okay, well, I guess I'm supposed to minister here. How? How did he get to that point? How do, how do we get to that point?
1: Well, I, I think that um, if we are one of those who are given the gift of persecution, that God has chosen to allow us to suffer in that way for whatever his reasons are. I think that we're given a special strength from the Holy Spirit for endurance. I don't think just any normal believer probably can endure that until the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do so. So I think we just commit our ways to the Lord, make a decision that we're going to take up our cross and follow Him, and then we face every day as it comes, day by day.
0: And I take comfort from the fact that that God gives us that grace when the time comes. If I don't feel like I have that grace today, it's because I'm, I'm not persecuted today, so I don't need that grace. And I've heard that from others as well. When the time came, God provided what I needed to go through that experience and to, to stand up under that pressure. Brother Joel, we've heard stories about the, the missionary heart of the Chinese church, where the Chinese church is sending missionaries into Muslim countries, into other countries. Do you see that as you encounter the Chinese church? Do you see that growing in them?
1: That's probably their greatest passion right now is to do something to lead the nations to Christ before the end. They have a very definite eschatology about the end and Christ's return to this earth. And they believe that they have been ordained by God to go to the nations and that their experiences that they have had in China are useful to them going into the most difficult areas of the world and being able to preach the gospel and face persecution in uh, Muslim countries, for instance. Do they talk about the
0: persecution that, that they're likely to face? You know, if, if you're a Christian and you go to Saudi Arabia and start being a witness for Christ, you're going to have this happen. Do they have that kind of—training I, I, is maybe not the right word—but do they openly talk about, this is going to be costly?
1: Well, they do, but they live in an environment where their current life is costly. Brother Joel, as we finish up
0: today, the, the last thing I want to ask about praying for is is the Bible distribution work. How can we pray? And I know you've mentioned just that Bibles are getting harder to get. But how else can we pray for your work and your workers who are distributing Bibles in China?
1: Pray that God leads us and gives us wisdom on how we should proceed, how we should ship, how we should package. We just need to hear from the Lord every day because we're in an environment now where we don't really have enough human wisdom to know how to do God's work. Pray that we would continue to have courage and um, pray that the Lord would make, in the old days he made blind eyes see Pray that he would make seeing eyes blind, and much of what we do is not seen by those security cameras. Amen. And there are cameras
0: everywhere, <laughs> so uh, that that truly we are praying for a miracle. We're praying that, that the work would go forward unhindered. Brother Joel, it's always such a cool thing to get to sit down and chat with you. Uh, appreciate your heart for China and your heart for the Lord, and thank you for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity again to see you.
0: You've been listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If you're just joining us, go to vomradio.net. You can hear this entire conversation with Brother Joel. Again, that website, vomradio.net. Let me give you another reason to visit vomradio.net. We have a brand new redesigned website. We've made it a lot easier for you to listen online to find a local station in your area that carries VOM Radio, and to subscribe to our podcast stream. You can even sign up to get an email every week to let you know what we'll be talking about on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. So please come take a look at our brand new redesigned website, vomradio.net. I want to encourage you this week to pray for our brothers and sisters in China, and please Pray for VOM's work, distributing Bibles and standing with persecuted Christians there. To close our time today, I want to share just a little snippet of an interview that I did with Bob Fu. He's the president and the founder of the China Aid Association. And I said to Bob, I said, Bob, we keep hearing bad news about Christian persecution, bad news about what's happening to the church in China. Is there any good news? Can you tell us some good news? And he did. So here's Bob Fu.
2: Obviously, we always uh, see the from the human side, we see the suffering and uh, you know tribulation and persecution as bad news. But you know, in the eyes of the Lord, there's nothing you know news called bad news because uh, <laughs> because nothing happens without His great purpose, you Absolutely. know, for to His own people. You know, we, many Western churches. Uh, we have been praying for unity in the Chinese church, especially. You know, there the, there is uh, so much uh, conflict between the government, three self church, and the house churches over the years. Historically, the three self church was regarded as betrayers of the house church, because some of the leaders were Communist Party members. Basically, the government-sanctioned church controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, United Front Working Department, Religious Affairs Bureau, and the party apparatus, with the purpose to not to encourage the growth of the church, but really to control and with the ultimate goal to destroy the church. So the the Communist Party from the 1950s established this organization called the Three-Self Patriotic Movement, and which is a political organization with a religious uniform to control you know, the protestant churches worshiping in the government-sanctioned church buildings. Since the current president, Xi Jinping, took power in 2012, even those in the government-sanctioned churches had become a major target of uh, persecution, discrimination by this uh, communist regime. Nobody had uh, ever imagined or projected that uh, in the past two years, just during the time of uh, government crackdown, for uh, cross-demolition campaign, there is a, a kind of a God-oxidated unity movement. For the first time, the house churches are having their prayer rally. More, you know, hundreds of house churches nationwide. To arrange a daily prayer for those uh, affected three-self church. Wow! And now there is a unity. There is a prayer to each other. There is a like a, a fellowship, recognition for each other. I mean, it, it, you, it never. No human being can orchestrate that. <laughs> I mean, even the Communist Party cannot bring them together. But now, of course, through this, we see the good news.
0: God is bringing yeah. them together. That- and, one of the blessings, and I think that's true in other countries as well, one of the blessings of persecution is unity within the body of Christ. When when all of the Christians are getting persecuted, they're not caring about what denominational name you have or what's your feeling about this. It's about, hey, we're standing up for Jesus and we're all getting persecuted, so we're all part of the same family. I have received more requests and uh, kind of uh,
2: communication from the Three-Self Churches, you know, in the past two years than the previous 20 years, wow. maybe. I mean, those church leaders now, I mean, I received messages of the encouragement. They told me the, you know, the, after leaving the Three-Self Church, the church has a bigger revival, Amen. new growth. I mean, the, you, you, I mean, it's, it's just so amazing to see God's hands, you know, on this uh, seemingly bad news yeah. and God make it a good news.
0: next week loves the people of Iran. He's going to share that contagious love with you next week on VOM Radio. You won't want to miss that.
1: So be back right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.